In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress-Gaiman. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Tuggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. I'm your host today and here to speak with you as I am each week about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Um, I've got several announcements today that I would love to share with you. The first is we are rolling into our first weekend workshop for Harvesting Happiness for Heroes that is empowered and underwritten by the Wounded Warrior Project that will begin on Friday, October 14th at the Sundance Resort in Sundance, Utah. And for those of you that don't know about us, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes is a pending 501c3 nonprofit corporation. Our mission objective is to offer stigma-free support services to warriors and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration issues. We offer battle buddy workshops, family awareness training, online community support, one-on-one coaching services, as well as retreats for warriors to decompress from battle and understand the tools available for them to adapt their military skills to civilian society. You can reach out to the nonprofit at www.hh, the number four, heroes.org. And again, this weekend, which is actually a couple's weekend, one of the first for the Wounded Warrior Project, will be held uh, October 14th through 17th at Sundance. And we are in the process of putting together a second one. If that's of interest to anyone, reach out to us. Um, Another exciting event we've got going on is TEDx. Malibu. 
TED, Technology, Entertainment, and Design, is a worldwide community. I think there are about five to six million members worldwide. And they are now allowing its members to create their own community events, of which we will be having one here in Southern California that I am the organizer of. And you can find us at www.tedtedxmalibu.com. And without further ado, I'm going to bring on our guest, Barry Fixler. Barry is a Marine. He has written a wonderful, wonderful book called Semper Cool, One Marine's Fond Memories of Vietnam. And I'd love to give you a little bit of a background of this book. Semper Cool is the wrenching, sometimes hilarious, and always thought-provoking true story of a mischievous teenager who enlists in the U.S. Marine Corps seeking adventure and his father's approval and finds both plus more danger than he could ever have imagined. Barry Fixler gets molded into a Marine at boot camp and sent to Vietnam. And he has written a wonderful accounting of his time in Vietnam. But more importantly, he has a very interesting after story of what he's done with his skills and how he is giving back. Welcome, Barry. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank Hi. You for- Hi. 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 All right. Well, let's let's just jump right in here um, about your experience uh, in Vietnam and what led you to write Semper Cool. What led me to write Semper Cool, um, being 19 years old, having experienced life and death situations, um, I had to honor the guys that I served with um, that lost their lives. Uh, I couldn't go through my life uh, without acknowledging uh, the heroic uh, get heroics uh, of giving their lives up for this country, uh, giving their lives up for another Marine. At 19 years old, even their own parents didn't know how, how they died. Also, um, what led me uh, is my own legacy. Um, I experienced a lot at the age of 19, 20 years old, and it's my way of, of letting the country know that how great teenagers are and how, how what the average age at 19, 20 years old is, uh, is keeping this country free. Well, you make a very excellent point about the youth possessing the, the keys to our future, but also the keys to our security. I mean, they are, they are pr- protecting us. They're putting their lives on the line for their belief in country, belief for what we stand for, and also what, what the skills they're able to obtain in the military. And these young men and women, yourself included when you were in Vietnam, were so young to be holding so much responsibility. Yes, very true. And um, you remained positive through your experience, and I think, I dare say, it is the resiliency that you had and you learned as a Marine that has probably guided you through your life. Yes, it's, uh, the Marine Corps um, is the uh, foundation, made myself um, get a uh, foundation uh, that guided me throughout my whole life. Uh, my parents were, were very influential, but uh, coming right out of high school, going right in the Marine Corps, um, it, it molded me into a very honorable person uh, uh, and a, just a great human being. Um, I, I give that all to the Marine Corps. And I, I, this is what 
nearly every soldier marine has shared with me you know that this that that the the marines or whatever unit that they've enlisted with has um contributed to who they are helped mold them because they are so young and for the listeners who are younger and don't understand the experience of be, you you were drafted or did you did you enlist no i was uh, seven, uh, the, when i was going from my junior year to my senior year in high school i, uh, I had this just a uh, little wild um my personality just I wanted something adventurous and I knew that I grew up in an area where every friend of mine uh, went off to college and I was just too adventurous I thought it was kind of boring uh, just to go off to college so I, I just I, I enlisted I enlisted actually in my senior year in high school and I actually went um, a few months after I graduated high school so I definitely enlisted uh, um, I was looking forward for it well, it's interesting because uh, this was a time, you know, in society. I was a, a young child during that period, a baby, but people were drafted, and it wasn't so often that people stepped up to the plate and enlisted. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is you had that sense of adventure. You had the concept of wanting to serve, and you went into the Marines, and I, and I applaud you, and, and, I, and thank I thank you. you. And I really thank you. Um, uh, let's get into the book, because you, sure. you've, you've written this book that recounts wonderful adventures, and you wrote this book later in life. This wasn't something that you had kept a, a, a running dossier and had, had probably intended to write when you were a younger man. But right. what compelled you to do so? Well, what compelled me to do is that when the, war, when the Iraqi and Afghanistan war broke out, uh, it, it, for a warrior, even that 30 years went by, you always have that instinct of being a warrior, and believe it or not, you, you missed it. I felt like here, I, there's, not, there's another war, and wow, I, I'm not in this war. Uh, what was a surprise to me after this war went on a year or two, men and women were coming home seriously wounded uh, from a severe head trauma to amputees to blindness and and uh, being burnt, and. I, I, for the first time, my, I experienced that the government just sort of was dropping the ball. I um, uh, they kept having um, fundraisers for uh, wounded uh, soldiers and wounded Marines to, that the government wasn't uh, giving their parents enough money. Uh, so I stepped up to the plate and, and um, got very active of, of taking care of the wounded men and women coming home from war. Also, um, you speak to another Viet veteran that all of us um, felt slighted and were very disappointed when we came home from war. Uh, yes, our parents were very proud of us and happy to have us home, but basic friends and uh, schoolmates and uh, the society itself uh, turned the back on us, uh, their back on to us. Um, I came home after three years, and the first thing I wanted to go out and uh, go partying with my friends. I'm, oh, I went in the Marine Corps at 18, came out at 21 years old. At, uh, all my friends were just go It was the summer of all my friends going to the senior year of college, and I just spent three years in the Mar Marine Corps overseas. So I went out with them, and they would introduce me. This is my buddy. This is my buddy. He just got back from Vietnam. And then I would see uh, a girl or another guy. Their face would be, ugh. You know, like, get away from me. What's, you know, like, 
uh, I, I felt bad. And e- even the veterans um, that were from the Korean War and, and World War II didn't know what to make of it because uh, the country turned against us so bad that they just went along with the country and they didn't step up to us to help us out. Um, they didn't even, actually, sometimes uh, they didn't really want us to join the VFW. So we, we were sort of stranded. Um, Somewhat fortunately, uh, at that point when we were stranded, it was, I was still in my 20s, uh, 25, and I became very focused of uh, uh, a career, uh, making a career for myself and going back to school uh, and using the, the GI benefits. And I, and I did. I went back to college for six years at night. We are, go- we are going to go to a break, Barry. I'm sorry to interrupt okay. you. When we come back, I want to talk with you about the, the hero's welcome home and the transition that you went through and the difficulty for the family members and civilians alike to understand what that transition is like and how different it is from the Vietnam era to the present era because the men and women coming home today are, are, are fortunately uh, being welcomed into a very different kind of community. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Are you someone who leaps out of bed to greet the morning, amazed at your good fortune every hour of the day? Or are you someone like me who needs regular infusions of inspiration? I'm Meg Pierre, a photographer, travel writer, and creator of the website www viewfromthepeer.com, which focuses on the human quest to connect with self, others, and a sense of wonder. Every day, the site features a new beautiful image from my travels around the world, captioned by an uplifting quotation. This daily dose of inspiration is available free. Viewfromthepeer.com also presents monthly interviews with fascinating people I have met in my travels who offer their personal stories and wisdom along with in-depth destination stories about cultural traditions from around the world. If your day could benefit from a quick change of scenery or attitude adjustment, I invite you to visit www.viewfromthepeer.com. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. 
and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Tuggynet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back, everyone. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and you're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And my guest today is Barry Fixler. Barry is a Marine. He has written a wonderful book called Semper Cool, One Marine's Fond Memories of Vietnam. He is also the founder of the Barry Fixler Foundation, and he uh, donates all of the proceeds from this book, Semper Cool, to the nonprofit, which goes to serve physically wounded combat veterans, a very noble cause. It's a great read and uh, a very, very worthwhile organization. And I wanted to let people know they can reach you at, at Barry at SemperCool.com. And the website, of course, is www.SemperCool.com. Before the break, Barry, we were talking about the, the hero's welcome home and the journey that our warriors made from combat back home in the Vietnam era versus their return in contemporary war times. And there is a huge difference. Um, there is. Could you just repeat that again? I'm sorry. Sure. Um, that, that the return from war in the Vietnam era, right. basically, the, you know, collectively, our country was not very hospitable to the troops returning because it was a war that many of us collectively did not believe in. Yes. And now, it, from the conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan, it's a very different experience for these young men and women. Uh, well, what's, hap- what's helping it is um, my generation is making it very public that uh, the, our whole country, or, or you know, all our all our civilians, um, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, all of us should definitely get behind um, all our troops serving America right now and honor them and and just acknowledge that they're our heroes. I, I, it's, it's funny, uh, my my uh, parents uh, live in Florida and my sister lives, lives in California, and, I, and whenever I fly in this country and I see a service um, uh, man or woman in uniform, believe it or not, I always go to them, greet them, shake their hand, and I really get um, goosebumps that, wow, just... You know, just walking through the airport, uh, here's, a, here's somebody serving our country in, in uniform, and I get a great sense of pride, and uh, I, I believe I get goosebumps. And uh, I just want to say, say to every one of them, thank you, you know, from my heart, thank you. Likewise, likewise, and that's been my experience, and, I, and as most people know, I have no military experience, and I've devoted the last year of Harvesting Happiness to create the foundation uh, or the, the nonprofit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes to take the skills, the psychology skills, including positive psychology coaching, and help these men and women reintegrate, help them deal with their combat trauma, and also help the families, because it's not just the, the soldier that needs to go through a recovery process. It's the entire family that has to readjust to this new normal, whatever that is, however their soldier returns home. And it is different. Can I just say a statement on that? Yes. My mother uh, still is affected by my time at war. Um, There was a period I was in Vietnam. for uh, My tour of duty in Vietnam was 13 months. And out of, uh, out of 13 months, two and a half months, I wasn't able to get a letter out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were trapped by the enemy for, uh, for 77 days. We were, we were, the battle was called uh, Siege of Quezon, and 
and my parents did not hear from me for two and a half months. They tried to get in touch with the, our local senator, which is Senator Javis at the time. They got a hold of the Marine Corps. Marine Corps came back to them. Sorry, sorry, ma'am, or, or uh, Mr. Fixler, um, your son is one of 5,000 Marines out there, and we just can't locate him. Um, and at, the, at that time, my parents couldn't hear from me for two and a half months. They thought for sure I was dead somewhere. And my father had uh, had a, a, a facial stroke. He had Bell's palsy. And 40 years later, to this very day, my mother still is affected by it, uh, of me serving in war. Yeah, it is It is astounding, the effects to the family and, and the legacy. You know, it's very similar to, uh, you know, I, I, it's, not the, it's not the Holocaust, but in terms of the legacy that we pass on to our children and how many generations it takes to uh, readjust our lives and our thinking and how we behave as a result of a loved one going off to war and coming home, in some cases without limbs you know, or a brain injury where it's, it's, it's an invisible wound and just the combat trauma, which in, in most cases can be treated and the soldier can go on to live a very successful and joyful life. But these effects are a domino. It's a, it's like a mushroom cloud and yes. the, the, the son or daughter or husband or wife or friend comes home and the family doesn't recognize him or her and he or she doesn't recognize the family anymore. And it's, no. this is this is my this is my concern and the and the focus of my work. But you know, more importantly, in the moment, you have an incredibly noble goal that I want people to be aware of, and that is you are intending to raise one million dollars. Yes, I am. One, one person. Uh, one person. <laughs> I'm very focused on that. Uh, I, actually, as I was writing this book, which took a number of years. Something was gnawing at me. There's something just not right. I'm, I'm writing about the, the men that I serve with, life and death situations. I'm writing it, and I'm not happy with myself. Something's gnawing at me until the light bulb went off, and it said, wow, Barry, you know, like, how could you make money? How could you sell this uh, and make money on, on all the guys that I serve with? Uh, it's like you're taking away the honor away until I realized that, you know what? I'm dedicating this book to America. All my royalties go right back to our country. Not only goes back to our country, but it goes back to all our men and women serving uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq, coming home severely wounded. Every every penny goes back to to our country. Uh, the million dollars that uh, I put, uh, it's like uh, just like a, that that sound. A million dollars rings a bell. Uh, and all the goals since I'm a teenager to, to now, I, I reached every goal. I, I always set a goal for myself in business, personal life, uh, for marriage, having children. Uh, and I, I have, I reached all my goals and that's one goal that I definitely want to reach it, to say that I raised a million dollars through Simple Cool, through my book, and I gave it back to our country, our great, great country. Wow, you've got me moved on this end. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. You're welcome. Wow. 
Well, now that I'm a little bit of a crying mess over here, I want to, I want to talk about your business life because before we went to break, you also mentioned that you went went to school, you used the GI Bill, you, yeah. you were in university for six years, and you have become and have been for decades a successful businessman, which is yeah. often the case with veter- uh, Vietnam era veterans. This is a, we have a huge. Uh, population of successful entrepreneurs, and you are one of them. Thank you, thank you. I, I went to school. I, I was very fortunate. When I came back, went to my family business. My father uh, and grandfather owns a jewelry store in uh, New York City. I came out of Marine Corps at 21 years old, just about going on 22. Uh, went into the, into their business. Of course, I didn't know know a thing about it, and I felt very frustrated and. I had six. Um, I had an opportunity for the next six to eight years to take advantage of the GIA bill. I went uh, back to school. I went to. Uh, I did two years of community college, and from community college, I went to the Gemological Institute of America to learn about gemstones, and that was a four-year course. So I have a degree as a gemologist. Um, I, I put that um, that degree. Uh, uh, to help my career, improve my career. And at the age of 29 years old, I severed uh, from working for my father to working uh, in Manhattan uh, in my own business. And, um, I'm, of course, uh, uh, I hate to say it, in my 60s, and I've um, been having a great career, a great life. And uh, every, every year, every year, actually, in my business, it, uh, it gets better and better. I'm so fortunate. Oh, you are fortunate. You're fortunate in what you've been able to achieve, and you're fortunate to be able to reach us with your voice. And that's the beauty of writing. That's the beauty of communications that we have today is we can get the word out. We can help one another and help you reach that goal of a million dollars to to help our troops that really need uh, services that can't get all of their needs met by the government. And I, you know, I dare say, and you may disagree with me, it's, it's impossible to expect the government to provide everything. You know, we just, A, we don't have the resources, and B, I I'm not so sure that we even have the knowledge. Right. You know, it's uh, the men and women who are returning today, especially with the TBI. These are a, a traumatic brain injury. This is a completely new set of injuries that we are not used to dealing with. We don't no. know a lot about what goes on with the brain when there's been an IED that's exploded and the onset of some of the symptoms and even how to treat it completely? No. Well, actually, uh, because of brain tra- uh, trauma, that's, that's um, what actually started me getting so involved. Um, do you know that I had a robbery in my store and attempted, uh, I had a shootout in my store? I do, and I was going to get into that. We are going to go to a break in about a minute and a half, so that was a perfectly timed question because that's what I would love to to talk about in um, the the next half of the show okay. because it was a turning point for you. Yes, and, it was. It, uh, very big. Yeah, very big, and I really wanted to get into that because I think that all of us who 
do service work in some way there's a, a personal epiphany of a personal aha moment that screams out that the way I'm living life although it may be good and profitable and I may be living abundantly and seemingly joyfully that something shifts within us and we take another course that alters everything and that is what happened to you with the robbery in yes. your store and that was in 2005 2005 um, yes February yes. 2005 Yes, and um, we are going to get into that. We are going to go to the break, and I want to uh, let our listeners know that they can reach you at SemperCool.com. And let me spell SemperCool for those that may not know how to. It's S-E-M-P as in Paul, E-R-C-O-O-L.com. And they can reach you personally by email by writing you at Barry at SemperCool.com. You are listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Sy. And to learn more about Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, our pending 501c3 to help the troops, you can go to www.hh4heroes.org. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. Girlfriended is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. With your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer. And my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. 
the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Tuggynet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here today with Barry Fixler. Barry is a Vietnam veteran. He's a Marine. He is the author of Semper Cool. He's a successful businessman in New York. And he has created the Barry Fixler Foundation, uh, which is a nonprofit devoted to helping our returning troops who have physical combat wounds. And he is donating uh, all of the proceeds, all of the royalties from his book, Semper Cool, which is an accounting of his Vietnam experience to these men and women and his goal and intention and I have every belief that he's going to get there is one million dollars. Welcome back Barry. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Before the break we were talking about crossroads and epiphanies and in all of our lives we each have a moment that happens when nothing will ever be the same and it's different for everybody and in 2005 you uh, were the victim of a robbery yes I was and I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about that story and how it affected you and really altered the course of the next several years well uh, February 14th 2005 is Valentine's Day, and it's just a normal Valentine's Day. It's my second biggest day of the year. I'm setting up the store. It's 9 o'clock. It's Monday morning. I'm preparing for a busy day, and two fellas come to the door. I walk over, let them in. I just figure these two fellas, they look fine. They're on their way. Uh, They want to pick up uh, Valentine's gift for their wife or girlfriends, and uh, then they're off to work. So I'm, uh, one of the fellows says I'm looking for an engagement ring, which is uh, a, a very common statement. Um, I probably sell at least a half a dozen engagement rings on Valentine's Day. I'm in the showcase I'm try, uh, picking out an engagement ring, and I'm showing them engagement rings, and two fellows are just looking at me, staring at me, listening to me. I, I bent down, picked up the ring, and I, as I picked up the ring, um, the fellow takes out a weapon, an automatic uh, pistol, and puts it right right in my face. Uh, and he yelled, uh, move or I'll kill you. If you move, I'll kill you. At that point, that very, very second, life stopped. It, it's almost as if God just froze, froze the whole world. And I was able to register in my in my mind that this is the real deal. This is an automatic pistol in my face, and now I have to kill these guys. I was I uh, re- with a reaction. I I took my left arm uh, and knocked the gun out of my face and bolted probably about eight feet to where I saw my legal weapon, which is a revolver. I ran to get my weapon. As I ran to get my weapon, the two fellows actually ran parallel to me. Uh, and as um, I bolted away, he was screaming, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. I reached down, picked up my weapon, and him and I, uh, just two to four feet apart as, as far as the counter, the width of the counter, we both pointed guns at each other, uh, we locked eyes, and then we just fired away. I actually fired and, and shot him in the chest. However, he, at the time, I didn't know, but he's wearing a bulletproof vest, so I knock him down. Now I know that I have to kill the, uh, the other fellow to the right of him. I actually... I. 
I I moved around the counter and I shot him in in the chest. He went down uh, at that exact moment, uh, which is just a matter of a second or two. The other fella in the black trench coat let off four rounds and whizzed right by me. Uh, it actually blew up the showcase behind me. Uh, the, both fellas um, uh, jumped up. The fellow in, in the black trench coat actually ran out, out of the store. Uh, the front window and the front door, which is glass, all the glass, because nine bullets have been flying all over the store. Uh, the glass fell, the uh, front glass fell down. He ran out. And the fellow who I shot in the chest um, actually ran to the uh, front entrance by the door, and he actually collapsed there. He was af actually paralyzed at that point. Uh, the bullet uh, hit, uh, severed his spine. Wow. Um, I, um, I came out. I figured they were going to um, counterattack me. And I said, if I get counterattacked, uh, I don't want to get caught in the store. I'd rather do it outside in the parking lot. And they, they just uh, drove away. Uh, and at this exact time, because uh, it's 9 o'clock in the morning, Monday morning, uh, two other store owners that actually their, their business faced my business, seen the front glass uh, fall down and seen a brown minivan and pull out real fast, and they just, they weren't sure that, it, they seen something drop or laying there, they, they, they weren't sure, but they knew, they knew to call 9-11, they, they called, the, both at the same time called the police, the police, uh, everything folded exactly perfect for myself, uh, the, the police found the, uh, they tried to ditch the brown minivan, and as they were trying to brown, uh, ditch the brown minivan, there was an unmarked police car that spotted it immediately. Uh, he, he gets arrested, and um, there were two other fellows involved. There were four altogether. Uh, they um, they went to uh, Connecticut or hid out in Connecticut. Um, one thing led it uh, through license. One th uh, thing led it led to another. Uh, that night, nine o'clock that night, they both got arrested. Not only did they get arrested, but they actually got arrested with the pistol that shot at me. Uh, the fellow who I shot lay, uh, was laying there, and he was just grabbing his pistol to shoot me. So they got they apprehended uh, all four men, two men in my store, two men out of my store, and both weapons. Wow. It's uh, unbelievable. The, uh, the, the detective, uh, the crime scene detective on the case, uh, at the end of uh, six hours or eight hours investigating the crime scene, investigating everything, and, it, and everything was captured on tape. He uh, looked at me, he goes, Barry, look at me, Barry, just look at me, Barry. He looked, looked at me and says, you walked away 99 to 1. Yes, the chance you just had four bullets whiz by you a half a foot. And I said, no, I didn't get shot at. Uh, I just, and I kept wondering why, where I was standing, why is the whole showcase behind me is all blown apart. Uh, at the time, I thought I was the only one doing the shooting, but uh, they, they got a four, four bullets. And it's just a matter of seconds. Um, so everything uh, everything worked out fine. I was fine. Um, of course, late, my ten minutes later, my wife uh, come to, comes to the store. She's hysterical. Um, but what happened uh, is more incredible. Uh, just about uh, nine and ten months goes by. Uh, so let me back myself up. What happens in the next uh, that day and the next week? The whole community, because I'm in this community uh, at that time, 25 years, came out and was is 
they they hugged me, they kissed me. Every every even my uh, other jewelers who were my competitors, uh, my uh, neighbors, uh, my customers, the police department, the fire department, they all came in in uniform just to meet me. The FBI came into my store. They were all well wishes. I, I had. Almost two weeks, the rest of the month of February, the rest of the month of February, I could not do any business in my store. Well wishes. Well, they, I have a, a, only a 700-square-foot store, so I'd have 30 to 40 people in my store just coming to meet me and say, thank you, Barry, you're a good guy, and nothing happened to you. Thank you, Barry, thank you, Barry, you're a good guy, and nothing happened to you. Not only that, they, they uh, um, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, or, 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 um, all the restaurants, and then cookies, uh, uh, women bake cakes, to me, and so instead of having jewelry in my showcases, uh, I had uh, food on top of my showcases for a whole half a month and until uh, until in, until March with these gr- great well wishes from the community. Now, nine and ten months go by, almost going to my year anniversary from the shooting, I'm saying to myself, how? How can I give back to this community? You know, how do I, how do I say thank you? Uh, do I give everybody a thank you letter? Uh, yeah, give everybody a rose, a flower. I, I, I just didn't know how to how to thank the community. Was uh, they treated me as a hero and um, as a as a as a great guy, a good guy. And how do I give back? My wife is a nurse uh, in a local hospital, and she comes home one night and says, "Barry, you won't believe this, but we have a patient, and he's a marine. Got shot uh, twice." Uh, Got shot both, uh, one over his eye, one one in his head, and of, of course he has severe, severe brain trauma. That means he's um, cannot move. Uh, he was turning into a fetal position. He he just only communicate with you through his eyeballs. And now this hospital, which is a, a civilian hospital, uh, is treating uh, somebody from the military. I thought it was so odd. Um, you know, why would a civilian hospital treat somebody from, from the military? So, of course, I went to visit him. His name is Sergeant Ryan. I went to visit Sergeant Ryan. I, I got uh, friendly w- with his mother and his sister and, his, of course, his father. And as I was visiting him once a week, twice a week, uh, his mother was complaining that, wow, the government doesn't even know my son's shot. The government doesn't even call me, Mrs. Ryan, what can we do for you and your family? Um, what was happening as Eddie was getting better, um, which is a very slow process, uh, they knew in the future, a year down the road, that Eddie has to now come home and live at home, and he has special needs. Uh, the house that they live in is, is 50 years old. They couldn't even uh, get him through the front front door. He needs a special uh, a special bed. Uh, uh, he has needs. He he can't walk. He, uh, it, it's a problem. They they can't even get him through the fr- front door. So uh, I hear that the government is supposed to uh, give them a check for fifty thousand. Check uh, for fifty thousand. The government is not doing it. Uh, the parents are very upset. And a bell rang. Says, "Wow, here the government just dropped the ball." But you know what? This is America. We're 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 great Americans. We're, I'm not, we're not going to drop the ball. Came back to the store and said, "You know what? That's my that's my gift to this community. It's one year, exactly one year of my shooting anniversary, and now the Ryan's need help. 
I uh, put signs uh, throughout the whole community. I live in Rockland County. I, I put signs about Sergeant Ryan, a picture of Sergeant Ryan. And this is an 06, uh, this is February of 06. And it was still something new to the country about, uh, you know, how serious uh, wounded veterans are coming home. Um, Barry, I don't really yes. want to interrupt you, but we are going to go to a break in a few seconds. And I okay. want to carry on this story about you being one man, one person, making a difference in the world. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll be right back. Here come the tunes. You can reach out to Barry at SemperCool.com. And on his website, he actually has footage of this dramatic robbery that took place on Valentine's Day 2005. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. 
Welcome back, everyone. I'm here today with Barry Fixler, who has written the wonderful book, Semper Cool, One Marine's Fond Memories of Vietnam. He also is the founder of the Barry Fixler Foundation, and this is a man on a mission, as I mentioned earlier, to raise $1 million to help our returning troops deal with their visible wounds of war. Before the break, we were talking about a turning point that Barry had after, after a, uh, a holdup in his jewelry store where he decided to give back to his community. And we were talking about Eddie, Eddie uh, Ryan and his family and how you came to aid the Ryans as they prepared for their son who was severely brain injured and his homecoming. Well, it's, uh, it was the year anniversary. The year anniversary was coming up and I decided to do a Valentine's sale and all the proceeds from my store goes right back to the Ryans. I uh, advertised uh, to the whole community. This is my way of giving back to the community, giving back to our country, and the community uh, uh, stood behind me. And my goal uh, was to raise up $50,000 that the Ryans needed to, um, to make uh, the house accessible for Eddie's needs. And instead of getting $50,000, Within a very short period, we were able to give the Ryans $100,000. And that just didn't come from Barry Fixer. That came from the whole community. It, just, it was just incredible. It actually, um, as people were coming to my store, they said, listen, I don't have a girlfriend and I don't have a wife, uh, but I'm, I want to spend $300. I want to spend $500. Here's the money. Give it to Ryans and out, out, out the door they would be. Wow. It was just incredible. But the experience uh, w w was staggering. Almost every day it was, a, it was an experience. Um, one day my store was filled with people, and, and Eddie's father, Chris Ryan, had no, really no idea. I never said to them, well, I'm stepping up to the plate and, and raising $50,000 that you need. One afternoon his, his father just hears from the buzz from all over that, wow, there's, there's a jewel there that's raising funds for your son. He walks in my, Eddie's father, Chris, walks into my store, and the store is packed with people. And he looks uh, bewildered, and he looks at me and goes, wow, Barry, you have a nice, a beautiful store here. Wow. He goes, this is not my store. The people are not here for me. These people are here for your son. This is your son's store. And uh, that's how it went. That, that was the Valentine's gift, uh, not only to the Ryans, but to our country. And to yourself, it sounds like, as well, that, it, that the, uh, the, the change of your course, you know, for the give back, which you sound like you were always a very generous, philanthropic yeah. man, but the, the, the focus to really send your energy and love, because, you know, these things don't happen without love. You right. Know? You know, you sprinkle that into the mix with your intention, and you've got a winning combination. Um, your book contains incredible stories, and there are two that I would love for you to recount. We've got just a few minutes before this show closes out, but there's one about your dad, and there's another one about the nun in 9-11. So I would love for you to share both of them sort of the, briefly without giving everything away so we can get people to buy the book. Oh, that's great. My father is a, a Pearl Harbor survivor. He wasn't born in this country, but came to this country from Europe uh, at the early age of, of 20 years old. He found himself uh, in the Army, which he volunteered for the Army before World War II. And before, within a year's time, he was actually underneath those bombs uh, in Pearl Harbor. So my father stayed in the Pacific for the next three and a half years. He had a total time in the Pacific, four and a half years. And as a child growing up, my father 
always had pride in, in the Army, of course. Uh, uh, he had also pride in, in the Marine Corps, but pride that he spent five and a half years in the U.S. Army protecting America. My father passed away. Uh, this September will be three years. Um, my father passed away in Florida. And unfortunately, uh, I have uh, relatives in Florida, but they're just not military people. It was a, uh, a weekend, uh, it was a Labor Day weekend, and pretty much everything shut down uh, for Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We buried him on, on Tuesday morning. Uh, my wife and I flew down to Florida to, to bury my father. And in the chapel, uh, when I walked in the chapel at 9 o'clock on Tuesday morning uh, to say a few prayers for my father, and then uh, an hour later we bury him, I asked the director, um, do you have an honor guard? She says, well, normally we, we do have an honor guard, but I have no, no idea your father's military. No one, no one in the family told me your father's military. So well, not only is he military, but he, he's a survivor of Pearl Harbor, and he, all his life he was so proud of being in the military. Do you have a flag? No. If you gave us 48 hours of notice, we'd have a flag, we'd have an honor guard. And then the director, who's, uh, this lady, about the same age as my wife, looks at my wife uh, uh, and says, uh, this is a Jewish chapel, and says to my wife, uh, you're not Jewish. My wife says, well, you're not Jewish. They both looked at each other. Well, I'm Italian. The director says, well, I'm Italian also. And they both wound up being Sicilian Italians, they, and they hugged each other, high-fived each other. Here, uh, we're all Jewish, and the director and, and uh, my wife are not Jewish, and they, it was sort of a, a little bit of a joke. But she winks at my wife, and she says some whispers to my wife. Uh, sit down. Uh, we honor my father for an hour, and I, I get uh, tears to my eyes. We get into our cars, and we follow the, the hearse to my father's burial. And that, as uh, I'm choking up now, as we drive into my father's gravesite, there are four army men in full uniform to honor my father. Yes. That lady put this together with no notice, one hour, that she had to call the U.S. Army to get a team down here, a complete military proper burial with rifles, flags, and, and everything. It was, it was, it was a, 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 you would think my father was the president of the United States. They stood attention, I, and I said, I said to them in tears, as they were, the four men are in t uh, standing at attention, I said, you just honored me. You can't believe my father's a war veteran. I'm a war veteran. That you, what you just did is, uh, uh, the honor, is, uh, I'm so grateful. And, and the sergeant, who shouldn't talk, looks at me and goes, Sir, we're honored to do this. It's, it's our honor, not your, it's our honor. And it was very moving, very touching. And, 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 I, and I, you know, my father was such an influence on me. And um, I, I just had to share that story with, with everybody who reads the book. It's and it's a very touching story, and it does speak to the the bond and the uh, connection that people who serve in the military have, no matter what you know that the, that and the Marines especially. You guys are a very uh, spe special group of of men and women. And my personal uh, story, favorite story from your book is what you call chapter 38 the 911 cross and listen up because this is uh this is a gem of a story 
I'm in my store. It was a very, very busy day. I'm actually uh, selling at one time two engagement rings. I have two couples there that I'm answering questions for engagement rings. I have my jeweler uh, behind the counter helping me out. And I'm a little bit annoyed at him that he's not really speaking to to our customers the proper way. So I'm focusing on him, focusing on, on the two customers that I'm trying to make these sales. And a lady comes comes in and uh, in her hand, in between all my my sales there, and, and shows me in her hand that she has these two burnt, broken nails, just like nothing uh, to me, just like almost like garbage. And I said, and I snapped that. I said, "What do you want to do with that, uh, sir? I'd like to fix it and uh, make a cross out of it." I said, "It's not worth it. You don't make a cross. It's just not worth it. It's broken." Uh, it, it's not good. And she says, no, please, I'd like to make a cross out of it. So I said, okay, uh, fill this out, uh, very abrupt to her. And she filled out the form and put those two uh, burnt nails or whatever they were in the envelope, and she left. And at the end of the day, 5 o'clock comes by, and says, wow, Barry, you know, she, this lady who came in for the repair fell through the cracks. This is not Barry. Barry, I, I, I don't snap at people. So I said, well, I looked up uh, a name. Um, she wrote her name and my um, phone number on, on a repair envelope, and I called her at 5 o'clock to, just to apologize. This is normally not, I, I normally never snap at anybody. So I, when I called her, uh, she answers the phone, and I speak, may I speak to Mary? She says, this is Sister Mary. I go, oh, I, I, I didn't know you, that you're, you're a nun. She says, yes, I am. She says, well, I'm calling to apologize. I'm Barry the jeweler. That I'm, I'm sorry that I snapped at you. Normally, I never do. And she says, Barry, I'm sitting at my desk right now writing a letter to you saying that I have never met a mean Marine before. And, of course, we bonded. She, she never sent me the letter. She became a very good customer in my store. Not a customer, but a, a friend. And we, oh, when she comes into the store, we, we probably, her and I, chat for half an hour at a time. You know and what? It, We're rolling into the last two minutes of this show. And yeah. I want to let people know that um, these nails come from a very special place. And uh, you'll need to read the book to find out exactly where they come from and what makes this story so precious. But uh, we have, this hour has blown by, and Barry Fixler of Semper Cool and the Barry Fixler Foundation, you have been a delight, and you are an angel and a hero as well as a warrior. And thank you for what you've, how you've served and what you do. And to reach out to Barry, you can find him at www.sempercool.com. And I've got a closing message for you, as I do every week. And that is that happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thank you for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and Barry Fixler wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest actions. Until next time, remember, 
Happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. You can find us on iTunes for free podcast downloads. Share it with your friends. Share Barry Fixler's message at Semper Cool to everybody you know. You can find out more about Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, our pending 501c3 nonprofit devoted to our returning military personnel and their families in need of services to help them reawaken joy in their hearts and minds and find their smiles again at www.hh, the number four, heroes.org. And I thank my TogiNet team, Carrie Martin, my producer, and Robin Boyd, who makes me look good every week with all the coordination. Here come the tunes. We'll see you next week. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Canaan. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togetown.